0: Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of Saint Canard. I am the terror
1: that flaps in the night.
0: And knowing was half the battle. Yo, let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host. Tim Nidell. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Saturday Morning Rewind with your host Tim Nidell. Me, of course. Today's episode is just like all the others, taking you back to your childhood. And I gotta say, this is a fun one. I have the one and only Matt Hill on the episode today matt was the voice of kevin also known as captain n from captain n the game master
1: how do we get here simon belmont kid icarus mega man you guys aren't real you're just so many computer plates in my game cartridges wow they're real
0: and i gotta say i was such a huge fan of that show and uh i mean i'm a nintendo kid you know i was born in 1980 And so when the NES came out, I was all over that. So this series was definitely for me. And then later on in his career, he also voiced Ed with 1D in Ed, Ed, and Eddie.
1: I got him, Eddie! (laughs) (laughs) Almost there, Eddie!
0: And one thing I did not know before I was looking up information on him for the interview, he was actually in the suit of Raphael for the third Ninja Turtle movie. You know, the live action one where they go back in time. And he has some amazing, amazing stories to tell about that. i tell you, it's it's a fun one. You guys are going to really enjoy this episode. And if you do, make sure to leave positive iTunes reviews. That really, really helps us out. And speaking of iTunes reviews, we just received an amazing one just a couple days ago from Will's Sweep 99 He writes, I love this podcast. It hits close to home as I still love cartoons. Thanks so much. No, seriously, thank you so much for taking your time to do that. It really means a lot. Thank you. I also want to thank our... Continued supporters through Patreon for the month of June. Guys, seriously, thank you so much. Some of you have been doing this for about three years now, I think. So thank you, Jared Tolbert, Mike Clemens, Erica Palello, Juwan Bledsoe, Caitlin One, and Ty. Thanks again for your continued support. And remember, you too can help us out on Patreon. Just go to our donation tab on our website, Saturday SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And uh, for the month of July, actually, for 2018, month of July, we're doing a little promotional thing where if you do the $2 one, we will start putting your name after every one of our unboxing YouTube videos. So it's only for the month of July. And if you do it and you continue to do it, your name will continue to be on after every episode. So go check that out. Again, it's Saturday, morningrewind.com. And make sure to check out our unboxing YouTube show, it's got some good stuff coming up. We have some Star Wars toys. Silverhawks, Real Ghostbusters, The Land Before Time, Hand Puppets from Pizza Hut, Machines, The X-Men toys from the early 90s. we got some really good stuff coming up. So if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, which I'm assuming most of you probably did, I think you guys would love the YouTube show. Again, all the links are on our website. One more quick thing. We have a very special sponsor for this episode. So make sure to go check out the Meddling Kids podcast. I mean, if you're a big fan of Scooby-Doo or even a semi-fan of Scooby-Doo, I mean, who isn't, honestly? But if you love Scooby-Doo, this show is definitely for you. So make sure to go check out Meddling Kids Podcast. But I know you guys didn't come on here to listen to me spiel all about promotions and YouTube shows and everything. So here is my interview with extremely talented Matt Hill.
1: Yo, Tim Nidell.
0: (laughs) It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good.
1: You know, I'm in my 37th year professionally. i like, I couldn't believe it. Like, it literally started with you know doing the last live radio broadcast that that's crazy. Um, you know, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation ever did, and you know, and then that summer, um, Captain Nintendo was like the first cartoon. So you know, got catapulted into the worlds of Saturday morning. Like you know, going what? Yeah. I used to watch these. Now I want it. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. Tell me about your childhood. Oh well, okay. Well, because I've I've always been known as. Um, like my mom said, I kind of needed to get going, so um, I was a month early being born. And then when I actually on birthday, my my dad said I went um, basically I burst through, and uh, my mom's water broke while they were on their way up to the hospital, and um, and so in the elevator they almost had to deliver me, and up they got the uh, the doctor was on call, and because uh, I was you know into the world within 20 minutes from birth to birth as they told me so. You know, um, and then uh, I guess what, my my days in in running really started in, you know, um, God, probably two, two and a half, which then quickly led to, you know, I guess all these other life shaper moments, you know, growing up in a small town called and which is a, a little, um, it's a seaside town, just about an hour outside of Vancouver. Okay and um you know so i got my love of running and people and going places um and then you know my my love of this craft of acting um you know super early on cuz we used to do these things called monkey hour cuz i think i think maybe maybe they didn't have a word for it back then but i was kind of hyperactive so you know call it what you will whether it's you know just Tons of energy that needed to be yeah, directed yeah. or E D D, whatever, whatever, you know. Um but we did these shows called monkey hour performances on, you know, underneath like the classic street light at the end of the cul de sac. And um, you know, so that was where my love <laughs> of performing. You know, it really kinda of, it started, right? Wow, and, that's crazy. Uh, you know, and then, how old are you?
0: I'm thirty eight.
1: Oh, okay. So you so do you remember a show called Donnie and Marie Osmond? You remember the oh, Osmonds? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know they're you are they're fellow like they're Utonians, right? Uh-huh. Or Utonians, Is that what you call them? Um, but uh, you know, watching their show um, kind of really lit a fire of going like, "Holy smokes, I could!" You know, maybe I could do something like that. Even though you know, it wasn't like say starting a band with my sister or something. But <laughs> you know, somewhere in that you know sort of like um, similar sort of arena, um, it was seeing which I thought was so amazing because I remember actually they had Tina Turner on. And I didn't even know who Tina Turner was, but they did some footage of like her and Ike Turner and then, you know, her in present day and then off she did and she just like lit it up on this variety show, right? From you know, Donnie Marie. And mm-hmm. plus I had a, you know, I had a huge crush on Marie. Mm-hmm. Um and uh but that really kind of like opened it up to go like, wow, this performing thing is amazing. And, you know, um I think in a way were those kind of like early light bulb life shaper moments, so that like at thirteen for whatever reason, that day I was like, okay, my life is half over. I don't know why I thought my life was half over at 13, but <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really did. It was like, okay, today's the day I have to, today is when I become an actor. And so, you know, I um, I, I faked being too sick to go to school. So I thought it was a pretty epic performance myself because my parents believed me. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, and as soon as they went for work, I, uh, I jumped on the bus, which was about an hour to downtown because I'd been hearing on the radio that there was an agency called Jerry Lodge Talent that were, you know, um, needing new actors, especially young actors for the burgeoning film and television and voiceover industry for, you know, for Vancouver. Um, and and literally I just knew it was like, okay, someone there is going to take me on. And, uh, you know, either I was just completely stupid or naive or maybe a bit of both. Um, but I really did. I went and, um, you know, climbed the stairs of this rickety three-story building in Uh Gastown and, you know, got welcomed at the top by this thick cloud of cigarette smoke, and which turned out to be Dorothy Boyce, who was an ex-model from New York, oh. um, who would come to Vancouver to open up this agency. And, you know, same thing. She's like, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but, you know, <laughs> you got panache, kid. You, you remind me of my client, Michael J. Fox. So, you wow. know what? I'll take you on. And, um, you know, um, she said, either I'm completely delusional or I'm crazy or you really do have this spark that I really think you do have. Um, but I love it because she made me make a deal with her saying, okay, I had to enroll for this 13 week, you know, learn to act for film and TV, um, for teens. And, and so I signed up obviously, you know, it's 500 bucks, but I didn't know what, it, you know, I'm just like, yes, I'm in. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was all set to start and she called later that night, um, you know, to confirm my attendance on Saturday. Um, but unfortunately my dad answered the phone. So I got super <laughs> busted first for lying to them because, you know, they're like, what? You were supposed to be sick. Uh-huh. You're, you went where? Uh, you know, and, um, and and it was while my dad very politely said, well, no, I'm sorry. We we can't afford it. And so, you know, so there I was listening to my dream being completely washed away. And then um then my dad kind of went like, oh, oh, OK. Wow. And then gave the phone back to me. And um she said, all right. We'll see you on Saturday, Matt. I hung up the phone, oh, and man. my dad said, "Okay, first of all, you're grounded because you did lie to us, so you got to pay <laughs> that. Um, but this Dorothy Boyce believes in you so much that she's going to front you the money for this course. Wow! So you know, but you got to pay her back, right? And um, and so I did. I, I mean, it was amazing, um, and it really was, Tim. It was like you know, 13 weeks in this course completely set the stage for me to then now, you know, now fast forward 37 years later." Yeah. Um, and it was all because this one soul went. I you know what there's something about you that I'm gonna take a chance on. Wow! But I love that she made me also do the work so that she, you know as she said, so you don't let me down taking a chance on you. That's true. <laughs> right? You she, know? Puts, and that kinda, she puts a
0: lot it, yeah. on you. Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, exactly. You know, it, it made the, it made equal ownership of the responsibility to show up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and it's amazing because you know I think in year 37, interestingly enough. Um, it's been some of the most challenging um, for me professionally, um, just because a lot of the shows that I've been working on over the last four years, um, they just, for whatever reason, they all didn't get picked up. Like, basically, one, two, three, four, and out of work. No, nothing new. Nothing, you know, so it was just like a, whoa, what is this all, you know, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and but it's amazing the many of times that I've gone back to Dorothy Boyce's statement going, Okay, well, that fire is still just as bright inside me. So maybe it's time for me now to show up for myself even more, or find another way to to sort of almost um, not do a reset button, but it's almost like a you know, it's kind of like you know, anybody that's been in something, whether you're an athlete or a you know, an entertainer or a scientist or I, I think any job, we always have to be kind of like in a way reinventing ourselves even if reinventing doesn't even sound like the right word in that moment. Yeah. You know I mean?
0: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that most things happen for some sort of reason.
1: Absolutely. So
0: something, yeah. you not getting a job, you, your, your, show not getting picked up. Yep. Things happen for, you know, because of that.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Well, i will I'll give you an even deeper kicker on that one because it was making me really look at the truth of that going, okay. Cause you know, I, um, I, I am definitely a, um, I'm a believer in the higher power in terms of uh, you know I, I I call I call him God yeah me, um, too, me not, too not in the religious sense in terms of I mean I'm Catholic by birth uh, right but I really the more I grow up I go okay no, no this is this is actually not even about you know being Catholic or Protestant yeah, yep. or um, you know atheist or, or anything it's really kind of we're all in this same collection of spirits having a human experience right exactly uh, but I really had to go deep on that this year because. You know, even, um, I was engaged for five years and, and we really worked so hard to try and make it work. And then same thing about a month after that broke off in, in March or in January of last year, it was in that same month where all the shows ended. So I literally went to like, Oh wow, my life is really open right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> wow. He was, <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of moments, you know? Uh, so, uh, but, I uh, but I'm glad to say that, uh, you know, it's a it's a tough journey, but at the same time, boy, what a beautiful um, chance to to tr- truly live this truth of going. Okay, we really are in control of our choice. Yeah, of so true. Show up every day, right?
0: So very true. So one of yeah. my favorite shows as a kid was Captain N. I think it's because I you know I was pr- the perfect age when the NES came out, so I was all about those old Nintendo games. And so to see a cartoon series that featured you know little cameos, little you know hidden Easter eggs, of my favorite favorite uh games i just adored that show
1: <laughs> that's awesome you know what i love is i had no idea what nintendo was except for the fact that i'd i think i'd seen a commercial on tv for wow. it because i'll just preempt the whole thing i'm so not a video game player because <laughs> I, I think because i so need to be outside so much all the time my brain just is not yeah. wired like, like literally seriously doing like a game of pong that literally twisted my brain after I went to like level two. So <laughs> like you, seriously, like my friends would be going like, why are you so slow? And I'm like, I don't know. So you
0: definitely are <laughs> not the game master then?
1: No, I'm not. I mean, thank God I could sound like I was because, uh, holy gra- you know, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, if, if that was like the one of the main stipulations to get the gig, it would have definitely gone to someone else.
0: <laughs> tell me, Tell oh, me about so. your time on the show though.
1: Oh, I loved it. Everybody was like, seriously, it was like we all talk about it. Like anybody that was getting into, say, in this case, say voiceover in Vancouver at that point. that, I guess that was like the 80, was that 89, wasn't it?
0: Uh, 88, 89, yeah, around that time.
1: 89, yeah. I mean, that was like for Vancouver, that was the first sort of like big, you know, like NBC had never done a cartoon series um, out of LA, in, in, at least, you know, in terms of what we had known, um, especially for like a big Saturday morning brand like you know set like literally like nbc you know what whatever it was what was it billed as it's like you know saturday morning you know kids on nbc or something like that mm-hmm. um you know and i'd grown up watching things like that but um always just sort of thought they were somewhere else right like i grew up watching mighty mouse and yeah, you know, yeah. i think i identified with the little you know the little the little spirit that could fight his way out of it and, <laughs> you know, but also do lots of good deeds Um, but, uh, but you know, all the guys, we kind of, and gals, um, we all started kind of in that same year in many, in many respects, because for a lot of us, that was also the first big, say, you know, Saturday morning cartoon, um, you know, like with a big launch and, you know, I mean, I think, um, at one point it was looking like they were even thinking I might be, apparently there's like an opening credit where there's like a real, a real life guy yeah there is okay so there you go originally they're thinking maybe i would go down to la and and shoot and be that guy oh wow uh, then then they, then they saw my rocker hair and <laughs> i literally was a product of the 80s dude i you know i mean i looked i, I was trying to be sammy hagar you know nice. i had the biggest longest locks of you know <laughs> <laughs> so they were like mm, no you can voice him though <laughs> oh that's amazing but it was it was really cool getting to getting to be you know I mean that was the first time I'd ever heard of like a phone patch you know I mean that was pre sort of like you know like this right Skype and mm-hmm. ISDN and you know source connect and and like literally being like as if you know everyone's in the studio at the same time um, and so our first um, director for the first season Greg Morton um, who's a funny funny guy um you know African American uh, c- c- comedian I-, I hope he's still working because man he's funny. <laughs> Um, but he taught us the value of, of like that of like the you know the one two setup and you know like the boom 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 uh-huh. you know i had no i had no comedic abilities like I, you know i listened to the, some of the first episodes and i like you know i think it's okay to say i sucked i i really <laughs> my acting beats were horrible um but thank god my voice i i guess in a way it my voice fit the role yeah for, i can
0: see that he was you know a little naive i guess a little bit and you know
1: I, Really naive, so it was perfect, (laughs) you know. Because honestly, I really didn't know. You know, my only experience in front of a mic, um, I'm dyslexic. Is it if you're a singer, are you in front of the mic or are you behind the mic? I'm in front, okay, good. So, I'm so I'm in front, so I'm in front of the mic because the only thing I had, I was in a band in high school, and so that was the only way I knew. You know, we'd taken Monkey Hour in that respect to the stages, so I knew how to perform in that respect, but as soon as then you got into the room with all these other actors who were making voices that I was like, Holy crap. Yeah. How did you do that? Right. Um, I could just be basically me in that moment. And, um, you know, and so that's what was, I think in a way, what a what a, uh, schooling and getting better, um, fast because we all, we all knew not like our jobs were on the line, but it was more of like this, um, new first, first, nah, I don't even know how to explain it. We were also new, but we all, you know, we all had obviously done work and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I and mean, I've been working on film and TV already for, you know, I guess what, since 81. So I, I'd already been doing stuff like that, but cartoons were just such a different animal, right? And, you know, and, and it was, it was the, you know, it was NBC. So all the correspondence was like from, you know, Olive Boulevard and North, you know, in North, you know, in Southern California. And, you know, so just be like, whoa, this is like really big. Um, And so we all had, I think, that um, almost like that awe and respect for what it was we'd been invited to do, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we were always trying to one-up each other because I think in a way it's that friendly competition. But at the same time, um, I look back on it now, it actually really made us really better because it wasn't done being in a mean way. It was really done in a in a spirited, creative way. It's kind of like I guess when you know, like that when a band gets together, and, and you know, the bass player is trying to outdo a lick from the guitarist, or you know, the lead singer is trying to out, you know, yeah. you know, like the guitar solo, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can definitely build off of other people's performances. That's a, yeah. the best way to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, but um, but yeah, it was. It's funny because it wasn't until about ten years later. That I really realized the huge impact of, say, in that case, Captain Nintendo, mm. on it being lots of other kids' um, favorite cartoons. Yeah, um, you know, when I started getting invited to animation conventions, you know, and and you know, people would like come up and they'd have like this, this like um, b- uh, blaster for me to sign. What? Right? Be like. <laughs> What's that? What is that, is that a, that's a cool looking water gun? They're like, no, 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 it's a you know, it's a it's a Captain N Zapper or or whatever. I'd be like, oh no way, this is so cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, I got one of those too.
1: Uh, oh, you had one too? Yep. Oh yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Do so. I
0: just found out that you were in the suit for the third Ninja Ninja Turtle movie.
1: Cal did dude. Yep. Dude,
0: I didn't know that. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway, well, it's my love of athletics. And then, um, you know, uh, I think the fact too, I wasn't claustrophobic Yeah, Uh, and, um, it was, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, interesting you bring that up because then that in terms of like film and TV, that was my first foray into same thing as Captain Nintendo, say with Saturday morning NBC, you know, all across the world. Um, it was the same thing with the Ninja Turtles getting that gig. I didn't know I, I mean, I heard of the Turtles, you know, and that I knew that there had been Turtles one and, you know, Turtles mm-hmm. two or whatever. Um, but I didn't really realize the enormity of how big the franchise was mm. um, and how many millions of people, you know, were absolutely like um, insanely nuts for it um, in a good way.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was one of those kids for sure.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like like I said, because I, coming at it from an actor standpoint, I was just I was literally going like, okay, whatever I need to do to do the best job I can do to get the gig, that was my operandus, like, number one, like, that's what I focused on, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, um, the first audition, I'll never forget it. David Chan, who was the producer from uh, Golden Harvest in Hong Kong, he he could not speak very, like, his English was quite broken, and I'll never forget it because I like, go in and and he kind of, you know, he, he, uh, he go, Oh, you've a, uh, you've a uh, strong, you're strong. Yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah. And so I kind of did, you know how you do like the, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like showing your pipes kind of uh-huh. thing. Yep. And, uh, and, and I remember him going like, Oh yeah, big good, big good. And then he goes, uh, okay, you know how to do uh, uh flip. You go flip. Can you flip? That's <laughs> like, what does he say? Right? And the casting director knew me really well. He's like, do you know how to do a flip? And I remember going, yes I totally know how to do a flip however I'm not gonna do one in this moment because I wouldn't want to like you know mess it up and like you know take you guys out because also I knew I might be able to do a flip but I might actually <laughs> do that right yeah. so I, I knew in that moment I needed to tell the truth and at the same time spice it a bit to go but I'll you know part my French bob I'll, I'll f and learn how to do that flip mm-hmm. if you need me to do that eventually wow. um and so you know the first audition, um, you know, they literally, they put a paper bag over my head, cut out two sets of eyes, <laughs> two sets of eyes. Cause we had four eyes. Right? No, but you know, a set of eyes and literally they said, okay, now act, you know, act, act like Raphael. <laughs> uh, and I swear to God, that was the, that was the first audition. And wait, I remember just the, jumping around and, and I, and I, and I'm going, yo, hey, cause they didn't even give me any sides to, to learn. It was literally like a meeting cause they collect, they got all a collection of like that, the short between because Raff couldn't be more than five six, they said because because Leonardo was the he's the you know he's the leader, mm. so he was a little bit taller. Okay. So they were, I think, ultimately they were looking like Mark Queso. I think is five six or five seven, six and a half, and then I'm five five and a half. Um, but they were going off obviously the first and the second installments, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh so I literally, I remember, you know, I'm I'm acting and I'm like doing these big movements, and I heard through. You know, from the other side of the bag, David going like, "Okay, now you pull a bigger. I want you to be bigger, right?" <laughs> and so I'm like, "Okay, yo, 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 how you doing? What's up, you guys?" And I'm flapping my arms like, like waving, like I'm like this big. I don't even know. I must have looked like a big fat fish or something. Um, uh, and then you know, he said, "Now, what would Raphael? How would he walk?" And I'm walking and I'm talking and I'm just remembering we had a New York accent from you know, um, I had caught the first movie mm-hmm. before. Um, uh, and then, uh, and literally that was the first audition and, um, and then, and, you know, I took the bag off, I'm sweating my brains off and I, and I just remember he looked at me and he just did like the double thumbs up and didn't say a <laughs> word, didn't say thanks. It just went like double thumbs up. Oh man. Yeah. And I look at the casting director and she's like, uh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, boom. What I thought, there's no way I got that. Yeah. that. I was, I was an idiot. Uh, well, two weeks later I get a call. Okay. You have a callback for this Ninja Turtles. Here's the sides that they want you to learn. Um, David really liked how you, you know, did the Kabuki theater type big moves. Now what he wants you to do is really encapsulate what Raphael looks like inside the suit. So I got Ninja Turtles 1, uh, and I probably watched, I think I wore a hole in all my scenes with Casey Jones, because that was my main scene that I auditioned with. But anyhow, so I, yeah, I learned those those three scenes, like the Jose Canseco bat, you know, okay. where, where him, yep. him and Casey meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I rehearsed that scene over and over and over and over um and uh, and then think, same thing week later, put the old paper bag on my head again and uh and did this scene and um and then that was when um i was I was quasi offered the part because then David through the interpreter really wanted to make sure that um me as a human being wasn't afraid of like enclosed spaces um like uh claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. Because apparently they did another actor on Turtles 2 um, that I guess they went all the way through the process of getting him cast and then flew him to L.A. to do the life cast, which is essentially you're encased in, yeah. in rough molding, right, as wow. you know. Um, which is, you know, I got to say, I don't get afraid easy, and I swear I, – can I swear?
0: Yeah, you can. It's fine.
1: I shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. Like getting, getting that first life cast, seriously, I thought I was going to die. Um, and, and like I say, I'm used to being in tight spaces, and, and I don't really freak out. Um, but I remember the guy telling me from um, you know the production, um, or so the um the, the creature shop who was doing like the the um, turtle suits, you know, and, and he kind of grabbed me and he just said, "Okay, you're going to be under this rubber for about two hours. It's going to feel not, it's going to feel okay. It'll feel like wet, you know, this kind of like cold wet paste. But then it's going to harden, and it's oh. really going to start to feel weird." So he said, "What I really needed to do." Is is you really need to trust me? We will not let you die. It's gonna feel like you're going to because they put um, these little tubes in my in my nose, um, like little straws, I guess. Really, yeah. That, that's the only thing I could breathe out of for almost two hours. Oh my god! And literally, and they did it all in one go because they said we we know if you really do have to come out of this, totally get it. That you know, um, but it really will fuck up our whole process. Wow. Um, and we'll have to, and you know, essentially what he was saying is, there's a good chance he would like be let go because they didn't want to have that same, you know, yeah, scenario. For you real. Know, whatever, right? Wow. But I guess it was very, it was like using all my sort of like, okay, Maddie, go inside. I mean, I can remember it now. I mean, my, my heart was like beating through my head. <laughs> it was like every, <laughs> every bit of fight or flight was going, you're going to die right now, right here, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Just breathe. Just breathe. And you know, thank God the the guy at the creature shop the um actually no it's not the creature shop, it's at All nope, of that's, yep. it was in the studio. And uh and it was great because he literally I the guy held my freaking pinky and I remember that just <laughs> little link line, I swear to god, just made such a huge difference. <laughs> it was like <laughs> Yep. And okay. then uh yeah, and then trained with, with an eighth degree black black belt uh, master in Arnice um Shashir. Nice. In Kalia, who was luckily he got hired as um, uh, Michelangelo's, okay. uh, you know, um, guy, um, uh, you know, martial artist, and he lived in Burnaby, so it was perfect. Um, so we, um, we, you know, he trained my butt um, for six months, um, kicked me, made me fall down, I hit myself with the size, I knocked myself out with the nunchucks, I knocked myself out with my own arms. You know, I mean, oh my god, talk about like, you know. <laughs> Taking my athletics and my dyslexia and kind of like throwing them all in together. Yeah.
0: And, and during this training, are you wearing the suit the whole time just
1: to get used to the weight? No, we didn't. Okay. Get what, what we did though is that we took a we took a playbook from producers saying as much as possible, weight yourself down. So get used to the ah. heat. At that point, we were changing production locations. So originally, it was going to be shot in Vancouver, and that's why we got involved. And then it moved to um Oregon because they wanted Oregon to mimic, um, ancient Japan because of the, you know, the, the um, not the redwoods, but like the, just the type of forest mm-hmm. that's outside of Astoria. And, um, originally they thought Vancouver could have it, but then, um, so anyway else so they brought us there? Um, but they said, get used to the heat and the, and the, and the weight because the suits are going to weigh about 85 pounds wow. once you put the computer packs and everything in. And, um, and so literally I went down to my local aquatic center with like I, as many layers of track pants and tracksuits and my ski jacket, a toque, um, four pairs of like the heaviest like of, of whatever I could find to put on, a backpack full of like rocks and things like that. And I literally would go in and I'd do my workout in the gym and obviously people were going, Who is this freak? Right? And it was <laughs> great because nobody dared to even want to look because they thought this is guy- like, is he mentally unstable or something? Maybe uh-huh. he'll, you know, uh, because it was hot, man. And I was like full of, oh, and I also had my hockey mask on. Oh, my, <laughs> no. my hockey. Sorry. Yeah. And because uh, that was the other thing he said to get used to because, you know, you're going to be blind. You're going to be blind, deaf and dumb, basically is what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the literal of being dumb, but you know what I mean? Um, it and, and so it really got me used to, um, you know, going in and doing this. And then um, I guess what? I guess a couple weeks in. I finally decided to share what I was training for, you know, because I was starting to think, like, okay, I, I kind of want this to be a good experience. I don't want them, you know. And it was amazing because like, as soon as then they're like, what? You're going to be a Ninja Turtle? Oh my God, my kids love, you know, blah, 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 one. And so <clears throat> I literally, that was my first foray into like even locally, people going like, dude, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, so, you know, as I'd walk in the gym and walk and sit in the sauna with all my gack on, you know, some <laughs> of the old timers would be like, ah, oh, yeah, there's the turtle freak. Hey, oh, how awesome. you doing, buddy?
0: <laughs> Love that. Wow. Hi, guys. Freakazoid here. Don't freak out, but Saturday Morning Rewind will be right back. After a quick word from their sponsor. Oh, and don't forget to fly over to their site at SaturdayMorningRewind.com. <gasps> quiz time who's got four legs an opposable tail and fans all over the world it's scooby-doo our favorite whipper join me and my guests on the meddling kids podcast for an irreverent review of scooby-doo it's family friendly Although there is occasional talk about hot villains. Join me, Julie Kinn, every Monday on the Meddling Kids
1: Podcast. Well, back to the show. Guys! Oh, guys! guys a Tim guys.
0: So, so I have a few more minutes with you before our time is up, but I will get shot if I don't talk about one of my favorite cartoons from my older teenage years was yeah. Ed, Ed and Eddie.
1: Oh my buddy, Ed and, Ed and Eddie. Oh, yes. Another uh, installment in like amazingness. Um, that show, you know, I, you know, the epic proportions with which with which it reached kids, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, And, and you know, and big kids. Cause, uh, I was hearing numbers like it I, I, that at its height it was like over three or what was it around three to million kids were watching that in the U.S. a week Wow um what whatever the number was it, you know as you know man it was um it was one of those gigs that uh you know still to this day twenty five years you know later since doing other cartoons, you know it's the only show we very rarely did pickups on, um wow. which was really an ode to Danny the creator um because you know he had a vision of what he wanted it to sound like in every episode and you know sometimes we do 30 takes to make it to get it right uh-huh. but then you know then he'd be like all right if that's that's the best you can do then okay I'll take it <laughs> you know <laughs> um they you know it was such a beautiful experience because it was you know same as turtles it was really hard like i mean we really as we all said we worked really hard because we knew Danny had such a big vision of it um and you know and, and interestingly enough Tim It wasn't until we went out on, um, you know, I was part of a a run tour um, in 2008 and 2009 that we ran around North America. Um, It was called Run for One Planet. And so in it, um, we ended up talking to mostly, you know, schools and high schools. So we we did about 240 school presentations while we were running a marathon each a day to sort of get around the the continent. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: it was in those presentations that once again – like I would literally be, um they'd find out of that I would say Raphael, because I finally started to bring it into the state of presentations, or even in America, even more so. I, you know you imagine going into a school that's got fifteen hundred kids. You know, and I go, hello, everybody. My name is Ed. And <laughs> would you like to help save the planet with uh, Matt and sparkly Stephanie? That was my partner in, in the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ed, and you'd have 15, 1,500 kids and the teachers using <laughs> their minds going, yes, 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 yes. We'll help you, right? And, yeah. You know, and, and then same thing. Lineups of kids wanting to come and meet, say, in this case, the voice of Ed. But also then we could teach them anything Which for our message with Run for One Planet, it was, you know, everyone to take one choice to make the planet and themselves healthier. Ah, It's this beautiful collusion of cartoons, uh, uh, say, and these superheroes and these voices that say I was gifted to be able to to play that then allowed us to share this message, you know. So, um, you know, talk about a gift coming back again and again and again and again, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm so stoked that you're 37. That it's like okay, even after having such a slow year, you know, say in 2017, um, it's amazing because it really got me to be in a way go back to basics of that basement of that fire that's lit inside my Mm -hmm. heart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That then I get to share. I know every time I get a new gig, it gets a chance to inspire another generation of kids and kids at you know kids at heart, the adults as well, right?
0: Yep, exactly. So was anything coming up that you want to talk about or promote real quick
1: um you know what just uh, interestingly enough like I said it's a uh, projects um, it's it, I don't have a new project in that respect um, say for a cartoon however um, look out. Pretty soon, um, we're launching the next mission, which is the evolution of Run for One Planet, and it's called Fit Kids for a Fit Planet. Oh, great! And so, um, yeah. So I'll, um, you know, I mean, I'd love to talk to you about it. You know, uh, maybe in a year or so when uh, when we actually, because we're going to launch next May, um, and we're going to we're going to take it to the kids of the world. And uh, so it'll be a mix between coming to your town and our super wicked, awesome, you know, um, souped-up kid-friendly, earth-friendly RV for kids Um, and then um, you know speaking this message of again everybody you know making good choices for themselves and um, you know so uh, we may come to a school in a town near you.
0: Sweet man let's let's do it in a year from now let's get get you back on talk about it.
1: Love to love to.
0: Alrighty Matt you know seriously thank you so much I have been a huge fan of your work for a long time so thank you so much for your time.
1: Tim, thank you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, brother.
0: Thank you, man. Can I have you end the uh, interview out as either Captain N or Ed or maybe both of them?
1: Absolutely. Hey, you're watching Saturday – you're watching. Hey, you're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. It's your buddy, uh, Matt Hill, aka Captain Nintendo the Game Master. And your buddy Ed. Now, all we want to tell you is um believe in yourself, um believe in your dreams, and always know that um there's another jawbreaker and gravy for you somewhere. You just have to keep going. And Raphael, if you would see it too, would say yo hey, yo hey. Thanks for listening to the Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check him out on Facebook and Twitter. That's all, folks.